Day 3 of Totus Tuus's Novena to Mary Immaculate Star of Hope With quotes from Pope Benedict XVI's encyclical letter Spe Selvi On Christian Hope We have spoken thus far of faith and hope in the New Testament and in early Christianity. Yet it has always been clear that we are referring not only to the past. The entire reflection concerns living and dying in general, and therefore it also concerns us here and now. So now we must ask explicitly, is the Christian faith also for us today? a life-changing and life-supporting hope? Is it performative for us? Is it a message which shapes our life in a new way? Or is it just information which, in the meantime, we have set aside and which now seems to us to have been superseded by more recent information? In the search for an answer, I would like to begin with a classical form of the dialogue with which the rite of baptism expressed the reception of an infant into the community of believers and the infant's rebirth in Christ. First of all, the priest asked what name the parents had chosen for the child and then he continued with the question, What do you ask of the church? Answer, Faith. And what does faith give you? Eternal life. According to this dialogue, the parents were seeking access to the faith for their child, communion with believers, because they saw in faith the key to eternal life. Today, as in the past, this is what being baptized, becoming Christians, is all about. It is not just an act of socialization within the community, not simply a welcome into the church. The parents expect more for the one to be baptized. They expect that faith, which includes the corporeal nature of the church and her sacraments, will give life to their child, eternal life. Faith is the substance of hope. And then the question arises, do we really want this, to live eternally? Perhaps many people reject the faith today simply because they do not find the prospect of eternal life attractive. What they desire is not eternal life at all, but this present life, for which faith in eternal life seems something of an impediment. To continue living forever, endlessly, appears more like a curse than a gift. Death, admittedly, one would wish to postpone for as long as possible. But to live always, without end, this, all things considered, can only be monotonous and ultimately unbearable. This is precisely the point made, for example, by St. Ambrose, one of the Church Fathers, in the funeral discourse for his deceased brother, Satyrus. Death was not part of nature. It became part of nature. God did not decree death from the beginning. He prescribed it as a remedy. Human life, because of sin, began to experience the burden of wretchedness 
in unremitting labour and unbearable sorrow. There had to be a limit to its evils. Death had to restore what life had forfeited. Without the assistance of grace, immortality is more of a burden than a blessing. A little earlier, Ambrose had said, Death is, then, no cause for mourning, for it is the cause of man's salvation. Whatever precisely St. Ambrose may have meant by these words, it is true that to eliminate death, or to postpone it more or less indefinitely, would place the earth and humanity in an impossible situation, and even for the individual would bring no benefit. Obviously, there is a contradiction in our attitude, which points to an inner contradiction in our very existence. On the one hand, we do not want to die. Above all, those who love us do not want us to die. Yet on the other hand, neither do we want to continue living indefinitely, nor was the earth created with that in view. So what do we really want? Our paradoxical attitude gives rise to a deeper question. What, in fact, is life? And what does eternity really mean? There are moments when it suddenly seems clear to us. Yes, this is what true life is. This is what it should be like. Besides, what we call life in our everyday language is not real life at all. St. Augustine, in the extended letter on prayer which he addressed to Proba, a wealthy Roman widow and mother of three consuls, once wrote this, Ultimately, we want only one thing, the blessed life, the life which is simply life, simply happiness. In the final analysis, there is nothing else that we ask for in prayer. Our journey has no other goal. It is about this alone. But then Augustine also says, Looking more closely, we have no idea what we ultimately desire, what we would really like. We do not know this reality at all. Even in those moments when we think we can reach out and touch it, it eludes us. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought, he says, quoting St. Paul. All we know is that it is not this. Yet in not knowing, we know that this reality must exist. There is therefore in us a certain learned ignorance. Dr. Ignorantia, so to speak, he writes. We do not know what we would really like. We do not know this true life. And yet we know that there must be something we do not know, towards which we feel driven. I think that in this very precise and permanently valid way, Augustine is describing man's essential situation, the situation that gives rise to all his contradictions and hopes. In some way, we want life itself, true life, untouched even by death. Yet at the same time, we do not know the thing towards which we feel driven. 
we cannot stop reaching out for it. And yet we know that all we can experience or accomplish is not what we yearn for. This unknown thing is the true hope which drives us. And at the same time, the fact that it is unknown is the cause of all forms of despair and also of all efforts, whether positive or destructive, directed towards worldly authenticity and human authenticity. The term eternal life is intended to give a name to this known unknown. Inevitably, it is an inadequate term that creates confusion. Eternal, in fact, suggests to us the idea of something interminable, and this frightens us. Life makes us think of the life that we know and love and do not want to lose, even though very often it brings more toil than satisfaction, so that while on the one hand we desire it, on the other we do not want it. To imagine ourselves outside the temporality that imprisons us and in some way to sense that eternity is not an unending succession of days in the calendar, but something more like the supreme moment of satisfaction, in which totality embraces us, and we embrace totality. This we can only attempt. It would be like plunging into the ocean of infinite love, a moment in which the before and after no longer exists. We can only attempt to grasp the idea that such a moment is life in the full sense, a plunging ever anew into the vastness of being, in which we are simply overwhelmed with joy. This is how Jesus expresses it in St. John's Gospel. I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. We must think along these lines if we want to understand the object of Christian hope, to understand what it is that our faith, our being with Christ, leads us to expect. Let us pray. Holy Mary, Mother of God, our Mother, teach us to believe, to hope, to love with you. Show us the way to Jesus' kingdom. Star of the sea, shine upon us and guide us on our way. Prayer of Blessed John Paul II on the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, 2004. Immaculate Virgin, once again we are here to honour you, at the foot of this column from which you lovingly watch over Rome and the whole world. Ever since, 150 years ago, Blessed Pius IX proclaimed as a truth of the Catholic faith your preservation from every stain of sin in anticipation of the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. 
Immaculate Virgin, your spotless spiritual beauty is for us a living source of confidence and hope. To have you as Mother, Holy Virgin, reassures us on the path of life as a pledge of eternal salvation. Because of this, O Mary, we have recourse to you with confidence. Help us to build a world where human life is always cherished and defended. Every form of violence is banished, the peace of all tenaciously sought. Immaculate Virgin, in this year of the Eucharist, grant that we may celebrate and adore with renewed faith and ardent love the holy mystery of the body and blood of Christ. At your school, O woman of the Eucharist, teach us to remember the marvels that God never ceases to work in human hearts. With motherly tenderness, Virgin Mary, guide our steps always on the path of good. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.